You're listening to Auto D coming at you live. Best which way, what, when, how? Mr. Auto D flip the track right now. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in on this gorgeous January evening here in Scottsdale, Arizona. I am your host, Otto Daniolo, broadcasting from Dave Pratt's Star Worldwide Network Studios, high above Camelback Road. My guest this evening, Ava Louise, specializes in social media marketing and promotions for individuals in film, fashion, and the arts. And she is the co-founder of the Worldwide Women's Film Festival, coming up just around the corner. And we'll talk all about this and more right after this tune, which happens to be one of her favorites. And this is called Suddenly Summer by... If I get this right, Anna Criado and Armid Armada.
You're listening to R.O.D. coming at you live. And that was Suddenly Summer by Anna Criado and Armid Armada, a song, uh, one of my guests' favorite tunes here on the Auto D Show, which is brought to you by Trattoria D'Amico in Awatuki, an authentic Italian restaurant where you'll often find me right after the show. They're on the north side of Warner Road, just west of I-10. Uh, stop in and tell them Auto sent you. And now I'd like to welcome to the show uh, my friend, actor, writer, producer, PR specialist, and uh, film festival founder, Ava Luis. Good evening, Ava. How are you doing? I am doing fantastic. Now, did I say your last name correctly? Uh, it's Louis. Louis? Okay. Yeah. So. See, I just have a thing it's about It's French. Us. Ah, there you go. And Ava Marie is international, so it goes together. Awesome. <laughs> well, thanks for coming in. I apologize for uh, giving you a message that said, uh, come in at 7.30. Ah, uh, that is so funny. Well, I, I wasn't expecting that, but then, you know, what was so funny was like, oh, you know, I'm going to stop by and I'm going to get... I'm going to get something. And then I saw the Valentine's hearts. And so I got you one. Because <laughs> awesome. I said, you know what? I always like to bring gifts when I go places. So well, thank you, you very much. Since I'm going to be like recovering from the festival next week, I thought I'd just give that to you now. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. And uh, just that was a first for me. Uh, just so you know, people listening, that while the last song was playing, I was running down in the elevator. <laughs> To get Ava to come up in the elevator because they don't work without a code right after right after six o'clock apparently right after seven I yeah, guess yeah exactly so, so we were gonna we and actually it was funny because it went all the way down to the basement and I'm like no 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 we're not gonna be stuck in the elevator we're pressing one and we're getting off and we're waiting for auto <laughs> <laughs> well the song was playing and I'm looking at my phone going I wonder if she's gonna make it before the song's over and I get a text message we're in the elevator we can't come up <laughs> so I, I have two minutes to get down there it's a Monday did you that's you, what it is yeah that's exactly what that's what I feel but like. speaking of that you just reminded me what a big Monday if you're a sports fan oh my did, did you guys watch the game at all well, here, I'll be honest with you. I was working <laughs> during okay. the Super Bowl, and my team is really the Dallas Cowboys. I'm not going to so lie. You weren't, mine's the Cardinals. So it's, so, just, it's more of a dip and chip kind however, of game for me. You know? Because it was the Eagles, I know my brother and his whole family, his two kids and his wife and all their friends that they hang out with are super-duper Philadelphia Eagles fans for all their life. My nephew is such a fan that if I even say the Dallas Cowboys, he like points gets out of my room. I can't even bring it up. It's like they would kick me out of their house if I right. talked about the Cowboys in their presence. And so I feel like I'm a traitor when I'm in their house over the holidays. It's horrible. <laughs> and I have to sleep there. So I have no idea what they're thinking. Because that's, you know, in the middle of football season, right? You know, so, um, but anyway, he was ecstatic. I just actually got off a message with him and he was like, yeah, he goes, I was so shaking when it was over. And I'm like, yeah, you and my mom have sports stress yeah, syndrome really, really. and they could have heart attacks. And what a game it was, though. Yeah. I mean, the two defenses didn't show up for the game, but it yeah. was it was an incredible. Yeah. And I mean, that's why I said that, because I already know how he is. He's very intense. My dad was a... a a big fan of Nebraska Cornhuskers, and they still are, actually. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, and so my mom can't watch football, though. I mean, like any games like that, because she actually, I'm afraid she's going to have a stroke. That's how wow. intense they are. I mean, they're uh -huh. like deeply intense. And my brother and my mom have the same <laughs> syndrome. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, as a, as a film producer, do you mm -hmm. get uh, into the commercials at all? Because they're always oh, the brand new yeah. commercials are always that time. I know. And so I basically right now, this year, because I'm, I've been in the throes of the festival for the last, like, four weeks. <laughs> you mean so, four months. It's yeah. Well, oh, no. It's been, we started in 2016, okay. so let's be real. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and, but no, the last four weeks have been really intense. So 
I know that I'm going to watch commercials because I have friends that were on Desert Financial, mm-hmm. like the new commercial that they did. So, and that's really exciting when you know you have friends right. that are part that of was those the commercials. Alice Cooper spot. Yeah, yeah, Alice Cooper, uh huh, for sure. So, so I'm really excited to see that when uh, when I can replay them all online. Yeah. So that's what I'll be doing. That's what a film person does, though. They watch everything online after or before <sighs> it's showing somewhere. <laughs> well, you know, when you mentioned uh, how you're family is about sports it reminded me of a commercial that came uh-huh. out earlier in the football season did you see the one where the couple goes to dinner at her house and the whole family's chiefs fans and he's an oakland raiders fan yeah. and so they're getting ready to go and she's where he's wearing an oakland raiders jersey uh-huh. to christmas dinner or thanksgiving dinner <laughs> and she says to him you can't wear an oakland you know jersey so he pulls it off and underneath it he has an oakland raiders sweater with christmas lights on it uh-huh so he gets away with that and he's sitting at the table and no one's talking because everyone's in chief's outfits right and she's begging him to take it off or at least turn off the christmas lights oh no and he won't do anything or even talk and he looks at the dog and the dog's got a kansas right. city jersey on looking oh, at. it's a great spot yeah no that's awesome it really typifies that kind of uh, rivalry within no, the household it is yeah. like i like steeler fans i can't even hardly be around them. i mean i've had friends that were steeler fans but i never then talked to them about football at all i can't because they're just too insane it's just like i can't talk to you you don't make any sense logically at all wouldn't it be great if people were that way about music and film I can't talk to you if you don't watch this movie. If you don't love this movie, I but can't you know, talk to I you. feel like that because I had like somebody had posted, "Oh, I'm going to go see La La Land," and it's way after it's already been out there for months and months. Right, and then and then they come back. Well, it wasn't, and I'm like, I cried <laughs> during La La Land because that was like my life. That's how I felt. I could relate to so many aspects of that film mm-hmm. at so many levels. So for me, that it was a very passionate film for me, and I enjoy it. I still want to go see it again or i watch it online you know on you know hbo they have it playing right now um but yeah everybody has a different taste in film Mm -hmm. and so you can always have really crazy constructive but really once you find that you have a different uh, difference of opinions in film sometimes the conversation actually has to stop Mm -hmm. (laughs) because it's not going to be constructive (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's funny that you people really do have a completely different Mm -hmm. sense i recently met somebody who is way way into old musicals. I mm-hmm. mean, all the old, old movies oh, that were yeah. musicals. And I mean, I don't... She's telling me about films I don't even remember ever seeing mm-hmm. and making me watch them just so I can relate. <laughs> I was like, oh, wow, that's... Wow, that's really interesting. And what really gets me is in some of the old musicals, mm-hmm. even with big stars, oh, yeah. you know, all the sets, they were all done in-house in the, mm-hmm. in the sound stages. Right. And so all the backgrounds are just painted trees and hills with people acting in front of them. And mm-hmm. it's really kind of comical sometimes to see some of that stuff. But anyway, uh, we mentioned briefly the film festival we'll get to that in a little bit but i'm always fascinated about how these different types of uh, art uh, careers leak into our lives you Uh know as creative professionals yes Yes. so um when was your when did you first have an interest in film that you then exercised outside of watching movies i think (laughs) i think it had to be when my mom and my aunt took me to go see all that jazz and you know they're it was like their ladies' night, mm-hmm. and they were going to see it, and I was in elementary school. <laughs> and you got to go. And I got to go. And it was, at that time, it was very racy, because this is in the 70s when this came out. Mm-hmm. And um, Roy Schneider, you know, he's in it. And I'll never forget, because I was like, oh, my God, I'm at this movie, and I know I'm not supposed to be here. <laughs> That's a great feeling. And it was so awesome, though, because my mom and my aunt thoroughly enjoyed it. That was my first, like, step into beyond the Disney stuff, right? 
into this musical world of Broadway and the dance and all of all of these things that these um, artists go through when they're up and coming. And it showed that struggle. And I just, I fell in love with it. And I ended up actually in, in um, junior high performing one of the scenes from, you know, something similar to all that jazz. And so it was really amazing for that to happen because I find what I have found is in my life when I've really enjoyed or appreciated something at a younger age, it always comes to pass in another cycle as I've gotten older, mm-hmm. which has been really interesting because I did start acting when I was five. Really? When you were five? Yeah. Stage in, plays. Okay. In church, school kind of? Church okay. school. Yeah. Church plays. And what, then, what, do you recall what plays oh or what roles? Oh my gosh. Well, of course, there's always the Christmas one and I was the Virgin Mary. <laughs> is that because you wanted the lead role or well, is it because that's just the way it worked out? I don't out? know. I think that's just how it worked out because I had the long, you know, I had long dark hair and mm-hmm. I don't know why. It was just that, but that was it. I got to play that part. <laughs> And once you get to do it, then it's kind of like, why well, give it to somebody else next year when you already yeah, know exactly. it? Yeah, exactly. It's easier for the instructor. You know? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, so you want to do it again, Ava? Okay, great. <laughs> then you can do it again. So That's, anyway, but that was really that was when I started. Was at five. five. Was you know doing stage plays and you know really the community stuff because when you're younger, like I grew up in a small town. What town? Um, it was Clearwater, Kansas. Okay. Yeah. And Wichita, Kansas, actually, it was um, Wichita when I was all the way up until fifth grade. And then in sixth grade, we moved to Clearwater. But that whole thing is was my elementary school time mm-hmm. frame. And, you know, just it, Wichita was really small at that time. And um, I was raised, you know, Catholic. And so, of course, they always had the holiday shows and things like that. So and they always had the community or like the the kids programs. And so that's how I got involved with that, because they always did that kind of stuff. So. Yeah, and I was into music because my mom and dad loved music. Mm-hmm. So they all kind of went together. The singing and the choir and all of that went together. Right from the beginning. You're right right from the beginning. Involved. Yeah, my, my dad actually painted the uh, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs on our walls as a mural. In the bedroom? In mean, our bedroom. Okay. My, my brother and I, because awesome. we didn't have like a big house at the time when I was little. And so, but he hand painted that in oil acrylic paints wow. on the wall and that was my dad that's a lot of work it is but it was amazing i had mm-hmm. disney characters on my wall before they had the stickums right, right the stick right, right. yeah no he hand painted it lucky he drew you it in, yeah exactly spoiled little brat i was well that's pretty neat did your did your father paint beyond uh, for fun uh actually he did a lot of woodwork and um he actually he actually plays the played the electric guitar too so cool. he's very musical very um good he, he came from a farming background so very you know much hands-on farmer type builds things i mean he's built i mean not houses but pretty close did you ever get to see him play in a band with some other guys no or? no but he played um he got me hooked on johnny cash mm-hmm. so i love johnny cash that's like uh i like totally i have his like all-american cd um, it's one of my favorites. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I grew up with that because of my dad. So did you so. grow up with being a fan of country music um, in, t- in general? Really? No, no, not okay. country music in general. I mean, you know, they liked Willie Nelson and that, but Jim Croce mm-hmm. and oh, yeah. um, some of those. It's kind Dan of a Fulberg wide range. Maybe, yeah, maybe thing. a little bit of that, but was it was radio? that. And then my mom was more of the, she liked dance music. So 
we had the Michael Jackson thriller, we had Prince, we had, but then they went to Janis Joplin and Nazareth and, you know, Billy Squire. And I'm like, okay, you guys are really confusing me, but I love it all. And so, yeah, we didn't have like one particular taste of music in our house. We had a lot of different types of music. And I remember when we moved to Clearwater, my dad actually, I know he put this in, he, he made surround sound or like a built-in music system before oh, wow. right. that even existed. Right. Because he was always dabbling in stuff. So, yeah. So, we had music upstairs and downstairs piped everywhere. Mm-hmm. We had, <laughs> I, and I was like, this is so cool. And nobody ever had that. I mean, I didn't know of anybody that had that. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And this is like, again, back in the 70s right. and early, yeah. So 70s, that was probably, so. I guess, the quad was coming out. They were, they were trying to get people to do that in their homes, you know. <clears throat> they weren't mm-hmm. selling a lot of records that no. were quad recordings, but they were trying mm-hmm. to get that going. Yeah, Kinda he had like the reel-to-reel tapes and yeah. everything. I mean, yeah. we, I mean, every technology that came out, like, my dad was in that. And he actually, that's how I got into IT, is because he pushed me. In technology, he gave me, like, I had the first Apple IIe that was out, bef- that the first ones. Okay. I had that, so, <laughs> no, yeah. That, that's how you got into IT. Well, I, uh-huh. I didn't know you got into <laughs> IT, and I want to hear about that, but before we do, I'm not done with school. Uh, so, uh, I'm interested in, you, you mentioned you were five years old. That's uh-huh. like kindergarten or yeah, first grade. Yeah, mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And you're already in your first production, you know? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, I would imagine by eighth grade, you'd been in a handful of other plays. Yes. Any of those musicals, or were they strictly no, just... most of those were just stage plays at that point. I sang in choir competitively, so yeah. I did a lot of, um, so we did just what the normal schools do where they go to go to places go not to competitions every, and all did mm-hmm. you do any solo work at the competitions or was um, it strictly choir you know when i was in school i was nervous right. about doing anything solo so acting was easier singing like i would freeze uh-huh and so then, you know, Isn't you're, that bo- funny? you're, you're on stage in a choir, you're on stage in an ensemble with memorized lines acting, yeah. but when you try to sing all by yourself, it's a different feeling. Yeah, it is a completely different feeling because there's this audio, you know, this, the auditory side of it and the mental connection that goes with it mm-hmm. is such a big deal. And I'm very particular. I mean, I'm very sensitive to sound. So if I'm going to do something, I want to make sure it sounds spectacular. And mm-hmm. if it doesn't, then I'm like freaked out. Like, And if I can't project, because I know it's very, I mean, you come from the diaphragm to make mm-hmm. it louder. I have a natural voice that carries and projects very well. Mm-hmm. So for speaking, it's easy. But when you get to singing, it's a little bit different. And I have to do all the exercises like mm-hmm. I have to go through because that's how I was trained when I was younger. Um, so anyway, so that's, that's part of the reason why I I had a fear first off of doing things in front of people at that time. And so I think that hindered my ability to really take off with it when I was younger. What did you do in terms of acting? Um, what was the first thing you did that wasn't a stage play? Um, that wasn't a stage play commercial or movie. Um, was it well, anytime in college? Yeah, no, actually I didn't do anything, um, that was film until, let me think. No, I didn't do anything in film until 2010. Okay. Well, then let's just go back to IT. Yeah. How'd you get into IT? <laughs> How did I get into IT? Well, like I said, my dad um, gave me computers because he didn't want me to work on and the And you tore them apart to figure out how they worked. Basically, he was a mechanic. I am his daughter. I uh-huh. learned how to... I love it. 
pull apart cars. I mean, I know Mel, how to Mel do Brown, that. So. Mel Brown, are you listening to this? <laughs> Mel's a buddy of mine. He's a bass player and he's a code writer. Uh-huh. And uh, he bought the first iPhone when it came out just to tear it apart and figure out how it worked. Yeah. So, so that's what I did was I, I got to play with computers in high school. I had a lot of friends that were hackers in high school. And when I was in high school, I took the most math, computer, and science of any any student right. wow. in my high school. So that meant boys or girls. Right. And I was on the path to get an engineering degree because that was the direction that I wanted to go because I really like kind of mechanics, electrical stuff, and, and that whole concept of even civil engineering. That was really my top place that I wanted to be. And at your time in, in Kansas, mm-hmm. I imagine that was a predominantly male field. It's a very male field. Did you catch uh, a lot of crap from everybody? Oh, my God. Wichita State University. I'm going to say it. <laughs> I went to school there. And when I was in the engineering program, um, they were not really kind to women in the program. Uh, and so it was very lopsided. Uh, I ended up getting married and having kids, you know, early while I was in college. And they were not, they, you know, they did not care right. at all. They didn't help and you. They'd rather you be hindered and get yourself out of the way than help you pretty much come through the process. Yeah, that's how it was. And so it was really difficult to be able to balance all of that because engineering, you have to spend lots and lots of time studying and doing labs and all this and so um but i never lost my love or interest for it so because i went through the program almost entirely but by the time i got out i was pregnant with my second child so it didn't work out so i then i like all these story bits you give me along the way i know it didn't work out keep going (laughs) it didn't work out so i ended up going into business management because i didn't have to think about that it was really easy for me (laughs) i hate to say that but it was that's great it it was but and you were still in kansas in college i was was still in kansas in college but what I did was I always custom created everything that I did. I never did a program the way that it was normally designed. So I always made it special for me. And the, the whoever I worked with, counselors or whatever, the advisors, they were okay, right? <laughs> they let me do and add all these other courses. So I took a lot of psychology and sociology. That's not bad for I business had, management, actually. It's not at all. <laughs> Um, I had like industrial engineering, electrical engineering is where I ended up when I finished, when I got out of the engineering program. But then when I went into business management, um, I took a lot of law because the legal instructors there, they're like, you could be a judge. You should be an attorney. And so they pushed me in that area. So then I got, I got a really good business law background along with my business management degree. And then I have all this IT, you know, the engineering side. And so... For me, computers and me were like, we were best friends. And so what I did was every time I'd walk into a company, I'd find the thing that they didn't know and then I'd learn it and then they'd have to all come to me. And that's exactly what happened. Every company that I went to. Awesome. So that's how I made my subject matter expertise in my field. And mm-hmm. uh, and so far, it I'm still doing what I do, what I taught myself how to do because they didn't even train you in school to do what I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. That's awesome. You have two kids, just the two now? I have just the two, yeah. Um, All done then, kids? I am done, yeah, because my son's 29 and my daughter's 27. Who wants to start over? Yeah, I'm not going to start over. You look like you're 35. It seems thank impossible. Thank you. Yes, thank you so much. I'm not bringing up my age, though, but I'm thank not you. even asking because it's not appropriate. <laughs> you know, I know I know that much Yes, but, but you kept me in the 30 age range. That's perfect for me. I'm, <laughs> no, thir- I'm, I'm going 30 serious. for 30. This I'm, is my I'm goal. 30 serious. for 30, if you All know right. what that means. Uh, so I'm living my mean? 30s for 30 years. Okay, cool. See, I just did it different. <laughs> I, when people try to talk to me about age, I just tell them I don't do them in sequence. 
Yeah. I said I did my 70s a long time no, ago. No, I'm just so. doing my 30s for 30 years. Cool. I'll take that. You can do them as long as you like. Exactly. I'm not going to stop. Yeah, that. no, totally. Cool. Well, listen, I know I want to get into the film festival, but I also wanted to do some other, talk about some other things mm-hmm. as well. Um, you are involved with Phoenix Fashion Week. Yes. So I tell am. me a little bit about that. In fact, don't. You're going to tell me a little bit about that, but we raced you in here. We've been going 100 miles an hour. We're almost 30 minutes into the show, 27 minutes. I'm going to spin another song, and I picked all female writers for hey. you today. So what's the song? <clears throat> and uh, this song is, actually, I'll give you a choice between these two, and then okay. when the song's playing, you can grab a drink, and then we'll get back into it about uh, Phoenix Fashion Week. There's an artist I like, uh, Colby Calais. She has a song called Chai, which I thought would be appropriate mm-hmm. for an all-women's-focused film festival yes. topic. So there's that one. And then there's also just a singer-songwriter that was out of New York, a young kid who's since moved to Nashville. Her name is Gillette Johnson uh-huh. with a song called uh, When the Ship Goes Down. So okay. take your pick. Um, let's go try. Okay, here we go. This is Try with, from uh, Coley Calais on the Auto D Show where my guest is Ava Louis, and we'll be back in just a few minutes. Put your makeup on, get your nails done, cut your hair, run the extra mile, keep it slim, so they like you, so they like you. Get your sexy on, don't be shy girl, take it off, this is what you want to belong, so they like you, do you like you? Try. 
your hair down, take a breath, look into the mirror at yourself. Don't you like you? Cause I like you. You're listening to R.O.D. Coming at you live. And that was Colby Calais with Try here on the Auto D Show, where my guest this evening is Ava Louie, producer, writer, actor, co-founder of the, the uh, Worldwide Women's Film Festival, and so much more. In fact, besides being an IT professional with a business degree and a law background, uh, you're also involved with fashion, Phoenix Fashion Week, as we mentioned, and also uh, you're on the board of directors of the Arizona Apparel Foundation. So I'd really yes. love to hear about them both. Okay, so Phoenix Fashion Week, um, in 2010 is when I started my own business and I designed it around my passion, which is edification of others with positive encouragement to show them what's possible. But what that meant for me also personally was that I'm going to do what I love. And that includes film, fashion, arts, music, and entertainment. And then the business side of the house, which is all those things we talked about. And when I started, I didn't know about the fashion here, but I did do some research. And so Phoenix Fashion Week was the first thing that I ran into. And in January of 2011, I said, I'm just going to go headstrong into this. I went to the first event. I was an hour early. (laughs) I got to meet the executive director and he's like, he goes, I like you. You're early. (laughs) And, and on the spot, Sometimes that's all it takes. That's all it takes. And on the spot, I, yeah, basically what happened is he was so impressed by that that they always did these prize drawings. So then they ended up doing a prize drawing for the person that came to the event first, which was me. (laughs) And then I became known as a Fashion Week stalker because I was always at the events. And then I always ended up winning something from their door prizes, like all the way for the first five months. And they're like, we don't even understand this anomaly that you have going on. And what was funny is by February, I'm already talking to them about doing a birthday party with their event. And then when we got to it, it was going to be basically, it was like a, it was a birthday party at a club that was called the White House. So I said, we're going to have a red carpet. We're going to have an entourage. We're going to have a limousine. And then they're like, you know, this is a fashion week event, right? It's not just your birthday. And I'm like, no, no, I'm promoting fashion. Don't worry. I'm not going to take it over. It was the biggest event that they had ever (laughs) was that combination of that. And I said, oh, I said, I think we're getting married and it's going to be wonderful. (laughs) And, um, and basically, that's what happened. It, it's like we just developed a really great relationship. So since 2011, I've been working with Phoenix Fashion Week. And I actually have an office in their office. Um, I They have a co-working space. And I've, I've rented an office since they actually started that in 2013. And Fantastic. it's been great. We do. Uh, I help do marketing and promotions of their events. Now, I'm not on a payroll for them. I work in parallel with them, which gives me a lot of freedom and flexibility to do it how I want. But we are very supportive of each other, and I go full out during fashion week and fashion season and invest a lot in being part of their system because what they do is different than a lot of other fashion weeks. They actually work with emerging designers and teach them the business side, not the design side. They teach them how to run a business, which is what they really need to be successful because a lot of designers don't have any business background or knowledge of that. And did did Fashion Week just go by? <laughs> Phoenix Fashion Week just go by? In October, um, it's uh, usually the first, second, or third week this year. Uh, well, the holidays don't count. Be, they um, go by so no, no, fast. So yeah, exactly. October is just So by. October. Yeah, it's pretty much just October. So, um, yeah. So it just went by. It was amazing. They have a really great relationship with Talking Stick Resort mm-hmm. uh, Casino up in uh, Scottsdale. And 
they've built everything for them customized for phoenix fashion week so it's really an amazing experience it's really what we would call more of a show production because what they put on is like a show every night for three nights in a row Mm -hmm. and i think they are up to about 25 27 designers that show throughout Mm -hmm. the three days cool Pretty Which big is deal. Amazing. So it's is it amazing. getting? Is it get a lot of national attention in the fashion industry? Actually, it is getting. It, it's gotten actually international uh, attention. We've had uh, from media outlets and from organizations. We have designers that come from all over the world. So the media is really from everywhere. Now, as far as like the level of uh, fashion week in L.A. or New York, it's not there yet. But there's are different types of fashion week, right? Mm-hmm. So and. Every state, I would say probably 70% of the states actually have some form of a fashion week in them already, Mm -hmm. and even multiple cities. Mm -hmm. Well, like in California, they have a San Diego fashion week. They have San Francisco. They've got, you know, L.A. So, so, but they are known. Mm -hmm. And we do a roadshow, or actually Phoenix Fashion Week does a roadshow to get the designers into the programs. They actually go to visit and interview because there's an application process to get into it if you want to be a designer. Many, do you have an idea? Are you t- close enough to the mm-hmm. to the organization mm-hmm. to know how many designers apply versus how many designers get in the show? Oh, well, usually they have between, um, it's around three to 400 designers that actually apply. And how many are in the show? A um, dozen? They have... Uh, 15 up okay. to 15 and that usually will include wow. accessory designers as well as the wow. other designers yeah the clothing that's yeah. fascinating yeah have you ever been involved in the selection of the uh, designers that are going to be represented uh they ask for opinions of who do we think are going to be like the movers mm-hmm. and shakers but not in the decision process because that's really their operations team that's part sure. of that because they have to be cool. very selective and they've got really stringent rules on how they do that Pretty fascinating. Mm -hmm. Well, let's jump over to the um, Arizona Arizona Apparel Foundation. Okay, so Arizona Apparel Foundation, one of the things about this organization, which I absolutely love, is they've really developed this concept of what I would call a fashion house. But what that means is it's everything in one location to be able to do what you need to do from A to Z as a designer who wants to manufacture clothing. So uh, Arizona Apparel Foundation, their focus is growing fashion in Arizona. So grow AZ fashion is one of their hashtags. And then the other one is um, they do small batch manufacturing for designers. And that's really what they want to specialize in is helping a designer with no minimums be able to come in and manufacture their product. Because in most cases, a designer can design and a designer can market or at least put stuff out there. But that manufacturing and production piece is the biggest hurdle that small designers have to overcome in order for them to go to another level. Mm-hmm. So they have manufacturing available. They actually have what Arizona Fashion Source, which is Sherry Berry's organization, Label Horde, which is Angela Johnson, and those two are the co-founders of the Arizona Apparel Foundation. They came together to, bring, to create this collaborative at the Fabric Center, which is Fashion and Business Resource Innovation Center. That's what Tempe, the city of Tempe tagged that building because it's bringing fashion and business together in order for any person that's involved with fashion to be able to have kind of that complete experience and being able to not only run your business, but do the production and then actually get it out the door. Mm-hmm. So it's it's pretty amazing system. And they've gotten all kinds of accolades over this last year. We just are starting our official second year 
um, as of uh, as Arizona Apparel Foundation, and so we celebrated our anniversary in October of last year. Awesome. And um, yeah, it's been a wild ride. So if people want to check in with Phoenix Phoenix Fashion Week mm-hmm. or with Arizona Apparel Foundation, where are there particular websites for either? Yes, there is. So azapparelfoundation.org. And then um, phoenixfashionweek.com. Okay. <laughs> Pretty Those straightforward. Are easy. That's very, fantastic. Very, very easy. Yeah. Or you can reach out to me and I can get you connected. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, there's a, still a whole bunch of things I want to touch base with on uh-huh. you. But one is um, your voice. Yes. Besides singing in choir and singing uh-huh. on stage, you have a radio voice. I do. You've been involved love... in radio before? Actually, yes, I have. So um, back in 2000. 12 um actually it was really 2011 uh-huh. so everything you know i started my business 2010 and then i said i'm gonna do everything and that's exactly what happened <laughs> i met a person in 2011 she had a fear of doing things of you know because she never had people that could support her and right. i'm one of those people as kim will attest to <laughs> who is your co-founder for the <laughs> yeah. festival yeah. if you say you want to do something i'm like let's do it so this person approached me we had lunch she's like I really want to do this, but I don't know how. I said, okay, I know people. Let's do it. And that's exactly, she let me, I'd never done a radio show before. Oh, yeah? No, but I I studied it. I researched it. I did a program. I put together the whole program format in less than a month. We went live in less than two months from Mm -hmm. the time that she said she wanted to do it. And then it went crazy, like wildfire. It was called The Pulse. And we covered everything in healthcare, in mental health, in community that had to do with homeless, um, the conditions of living, living conditions, treatments. Um, we had um, from Argosy University, we had a really great um, psychologist that would come on our show. And then we would have guests and, you know, just people from the community. Mm-hmm. I got involved with My Life, which was a youth organization that was founded out of Phoenix, Arizona as a result of that. Just doing amazing, great things. And so, you know, I was on it for, uh, you know, for a term. And then she wanted to go a different direction. Okay, I don't want to know so any more about there. your radio Anyway, career. there you that's go. Enough. That's enough. I'm done with that one. There's okay. way too many other things to talk about. <laughs> yeah, but that's I know. fascinating. <laughs> like, I can go on for hours. So. Yeah, I was going to say, you need your own show just to tell us your bio. You've done so many things. Um, you have your own, you keep talking, referencing your own company. Uh, yeah. Is that Chronic Behavior? Because yes. that is your company. Was that the one you started in 2010? Yes, that is the company I started and I was, in 2010. I was going to say, one of the things it sounds to me like you should be doing, I'm reading now, you do do, and that's personal coaching or at least mm-hmm. coaching for people who mm-hmm. are running their own businesses. Yes. Um, and so before we give a kind of a promo for your business, uh, I want to get back to acting and film, which okay, is kind of where that. we're here. Let's talk about that. And not even the festival yet. <clears throat> That's going to be our last chunk. Uh, Dark Dignity, The Last oh, Responder, Solace. Yes. These are some projects that you've been involved in uh, on your own creatively. Tell me a little bit about uh, these, rather than all of them and going okay, on and on. So I'll go really fast. Well, throw, better yet, throw this at me. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I want to know, you've acted. That's great. Yes. You've directed I have not directed. Not yet. Produced. I've produced. Do you want to direct something? I think if I'm going to write, I'm probably going to end up directing. Yes. Okay, so that's really where it would start, and you haven't yet. I have not done that yet. No. Okay, great. So now go into acting. Dark Dignity. For okay, so Dark Dignity, brainchild again of Cassandra Nicholson. Mm-hmm. We partnered together. Voila, make it happen. Mm-hmm. And the amazing thing about that film, we had seven principal women leads. Right. And we had a predominantly women executive team. So and was that at uh, the Drum Film Festival this year? Yes, it was. Because I remember that. I yes. didn't recall the title, but I remember the piece yes. you're talking about. Yes. It and was good. Yeah, we, we released it. We did it in 11 months. We released it in January of 2017. 
And it it was an amazing experience. We had over 100 people on our cast and crew. We did it in one location. But the cinematography for that one and just the way we put it together, um, you know, for us coming together and pulling together such a a big project Mm -hmm. in three days is the the filming time we did for it with a few pickup shots. And we went. We went from zero to 60. We started in like November, December, January. We launched the Indiegogo campaign March by or end of February. We were filming a year later. We premiered. Wow. Or less than a year later. So that's insane process to mm-hmm. do that. When, and we had zero following mm-hmm. when we started. So to get well, almost all of your Indiegogo campaign, that's amazing. I was going to say, that is pretty interesting. So mm-hmm. what did you do to, to uh, find the audience to broadcast the Indiegogo to? I mean, if you didn't have, already have a collected email basis, what did you do? Well, I already have a following. That comes with my company. Okay. <laughs> so this is like, if you want to work with somebody in the industry that already has a following, this is what the benefit of chronic behavior is in my company is because we're plugged into the network. We have right. a worldwide following with what we do, which is in all the areas that I talked about, film, fashion, arts, music, and entertainment. So I have a network that anybody can plug into if they work with me. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So that and, helped. And just to add to, just so you people listening know who I'm talking to, um, Ava has done so much and has achieved so much. And then here I am, I'm going to do my first feature film, which I don't know what I'm doing, and I'm having a lot of fun <laughs> doing it. And uh, I put a call out for extras. And Ava shows up, and I'm thinking, what do you need? What, what, why are you here? Oh, you said you needed extras. And I'm like, you, an extra? You're going to sit here and act like you're eating food in this cafe for hours for me while other people are acting? She's like, yeah, you said you needed extras. I'm like, oh, my gosh. I can't <laughs> believe you would do this. You know, it's like I have a woman as an extra who has her own film festival. <laughs> so I couldn't really wrap my mind around that. <laughs> felt bad having you there. I said, I've got to make sure we get her in the background a couple of these shots because this is just wrong that she's even here <laughs> for nothing just to participate in this little project of mine. So I want to, again, thank you for that because, I mean, to me, that was just incredible. And it really says a lot about your commitment to the local community, arts community, on a lot of levels, you know, because you didn't need to be there with your time. You have plenty to do, <laughs> obviously. So um, if you'd like to talk about something else you've acted in, that's great. But I would kind of love um, to get into the whole uh, film festival Okay, so, so the only other one thing is Last Responders. That okay. is supposed to be slated to come out this year. That role that I played in that one is my favorite role oh, to date cool. that I've played so far that I'm dying for people to see and give me feedback on. I play a nosy bitch. Okay. Was it fun? it was an amazing experience. <laughs> I felt like... A norm when he walked into Cheers. Everybody knew who I was right. when I walked on set because I was a nosy bitch. That's and it cool. was amazing. So That's funny. I cannot wait till that comes out. And Dre Magwood is the one that wrote and um, uh, directed that. So, okay. Did you pattern your character after anyone you know? No, I didn't. You didn't come after a family member or an old friend from school, no, a teacher? It, it didn't actually. It was just I think in it you. Was you just a, had it. I think it was an alternate personality, and I have many. Awesome. <laughs> Well, let's, then let's dive into the, uh, the festival. Is this, how many years has the festival been going on? This is our first inaugural, inaugural year. Launch. Okay. Yes, it is the inaugural launch. And you've been planning it for a couple of years. Yes, we started in 2016. Why in the world did you decide to try and launch a film festival with everything you're doing? Um, well, first off, it's not my brainchild. Okay. It's Kim Henneke. Why did you agree to jump in with Kim in the middle and start a worldwide film? Because it was her passion. And part of my mission is to help people achieve their passion and be that encouragement for them to show them it's possible. Awesome. 
So you started this thing a couple of years ago. So we started it a couple of years ago. And what we basically did is we paced it out. We said, look, we're going to, we're going to do this right. We're going to set it up like a company. We're going to get all the right pieces in place. And then we already know it's always going to be a mad dash at the end because that's how it always is. But we're going to do everything we can to have the right things in place so that it become it looks professional first but it looks quality and that we are reaching the right audience. Mm-hmm. And that was really important to us um, because it was Kim's dream. And for me, uh, doing anything for women to re- represent them and to give them a voice and a platform is what I do mm-hmm. with all my other things. So it was a really great merriment. And Kim had been, you know, she had talked to a few people in the industry, but it's it's hard to find other passionate people mm-hmm. is what I would say that will believe in a dream that somebody else has. Well, I'm that type of person that if you have a great dream, I'm totally fine to help support you. Right. And one of the awesome things about this festival that I love is that Kim is actually the face of the festival, which cool. is pretty darn amazing to you have. You like it being somebody else's radio I show. I love somebody it. Somebody else's festival. Yes. Yeah. Because then I can promote the heck out of her. Yeah. I mean, it works better. It works so much better. So, Kim, sorry about that. <laughs> I have a song. I have a song about the do-it-yourself uh, community. And it's like sometimes you'll be your own cheerleader. Yeah. And that's hard oh. to, when you've got to be saying, but but I'm I'm good. It's hard when you're the one touting your product. Yeah. And today it's a, it was social media it seems like that's your job yeah, so it's it's it great is. when there's a different face to the product yeah, you can work so, harder yeah. and you're and you're more believed by the audience yeah so so for me again it was a good it was a good uh, join together and she let me really make a focus of it be worldwide because Whenever I get involved with something, I don't like to do it small. Right. I don't think at all. What's the point? (laughs) What's the point of that? So I already had a worldwide audience. So I said, oh, I think we can do this. And we got submissions from 19 countries. Holy cow. Well, I was going to say, I wanted to ask you, too, there's a division in my mind of Uh of the responsibilities. There's almost like, you know, the the business side and the art side Mm -hmm. in a sense. Just selecting what you're going to present is an arduous task uh-huh, in and of yes. itself but then to, to then imagine how are we going to present it locations yes. and people mm-hmm. and bodies and everything yes. else is a whole nother mindset mm-hmm. so uh how involved were you on both halves of that actually we're very complementary of each other mm-hmm. so and it was a natural kind of split on responsibilities mm-hmm. that we've had and we've been able to we really haven't had any major you know challenges and if we did we were always able to talk about it sure. and to resolve it but we've naturally fallen into the roles that we play in i'm way more technical on things so of course i've i've picked up a lot of that aspect of it which is that she's really great with people and talking to people and getting out there and hitting the pavement so she's done a lot of that work and so that's been really great and we actually have a great team of other people that are helping us behind the scenes which i will tell you you cannot do a festival by yourself, and with two right. people, you definitely cannot do a no, festival. No, you can try and plan one. You can try you and do it, there, yeah. but you need help. And so she's got a great group of people that believe in her. I have people that believe in me, and together, collectively, we've all you know pulled that together. And so it's been really amazing what we've seen in response and just people. You mentioned receiving submissions from nineteen countries. Yes, that's how many. How many countries are represented in the in what's actually being shown? Do you have an idea? Uh, I didn't have a chance to do like the count because sometimes okay. what you have to do is when when we've looked at the films, you looked at you look at them agnostically almost. Right. You're just looking right. at the, the film, film, the quality, and that because from a judging perspective, when you're trying to figure out who's going to be, you you have to just throw everything out the window. Right. You, you cannot start to be so specific about stuff right 
um, and obviously international, uh, a lot of them are subtitled. Mm-hmm. And of course, okay, so that's, but every film that we have was about quality. Right. And is it telling a story or is it, does it fit the genre that it's going to be played in? And that was really, we have genres all over the place. We have sci-fi, we have action thriller, we have um, relationship, we have laughing, we have documentaries, we have student films on you know, many of those sides as well. We have feature and short. We didn't want to limit this festival to be just a short film festival or just a feature or just a documentary. We wanted to really make it like a big old festival, like mm-hmm. everybody, like the big ones that are out well, there. Let's get into a little bit of the physical details of the event. When mm-hmm. is the event actually? The event is February 9th and 10th is the film festival. So it starts on Friday afternoon into the evening and we have after parties on Friday and Saturday night. Saturday is programmed. Um, we have two theaters fully programmed all day. Friday, it's one theater, but it's a bigger theater. And, and where are the theaters? Uh, Harkins, Shea 14 Theaters at Shea and Scottsdale Road in Scottsdale, Arizona. Awesome. Yeah. Right across from uh, the little Italian pizza place there, El Capo. I like oh, that yeah, spot. yeah. They have that coffee one. Coffee plantations yeah. over there. Yeah, we're going to be actually coffee plantation. Um, we'll be having that almost like a filmmaker cove you know, for people to come and hang out. Um, and then okay. actually on February 11th, we have a filmmaker breakfast that E.E. Mo uh, from Scottsdale Community College is, she's actually sponsoring our panel. So we have three speakers plus herself that will be at a filmmaker breakfast to end awesome. the festival. So what does it cost for a pass to the festival? Uh, for a full festival pass for like everything, it's $150. Uh, if you want to just do, we have day passes for Friday and uh, for Saturday. I don't know all the costs That's off okay. the top That's of my right. head. But I know a film block is $12. Okay. That's, and that could be one film, a feature film, or it could be a number of shorts. Okay. And then for people to find out the exact price or to buy those tickets, what's the web address? Um, www.filmfestival.com. What? www.filmfestival.com worldwide that's pretty cool filmfestival.com so that's www.filmfestival.com yeah yeah it's basically okay. worldwide women's <laughs> film festival so it's perfect w- and if you go to worldwide women's film festival it'll take you there it'll too, yeah. there too. Mm-hmm. okay yeah. well that's fantastic and there they can figure out what the prices are yeah, for which we have all the, the tickets we there's have, a scheduling listed as well uh-huh. if they know what films they want to see Yep, we have all awesome. of that posted on the website and all the information and details as far as show times and film blocks and the program schedule is out on the um, on the website and on Facebook as well because we have Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Fantastic. Yeah, Are you pretty up. excited? Oh, yes. <laughs> now that you've got all of this behind you in terms of the preparation, well, not all of it behind oh, you. Oh, let me just <laughs> With say. a week left, I'm sure there's a lot still to do, but I mean. Yeah, it's least, only Monday. Come on. <laughs> at least now you're racing toward the tracks and the train is coming. So yes. there's oh, only so much you yeah, can do. Yeah, there's done. only so much we can do now. So so, so how yeah. do you feel about next year? How do you feel about number two? Have you, have you even looked that far yet? Or yes, about actually, it? we have 20 films that are going to be in 2019 already. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. Films you really kind of wanted but couldn't put all in this right, one. Right, because, so. we, well, the first year, you don't know how you're going to be able to right. program the time because you don't even know if you'll have enough, right? Right, right. Well, we had enough. Wow. <laughs> and then some. And then some. Another and film. so, and we we wanted to be conservative, right? Because a lot of times people over right. commit and they overdo. And this is a lot for year one, 96 films in 29 hours in a day and a half. Wow. Think about that. Wow. It's tight programming. But 
we had to do it to the minute. I mean, because in case something happened, we wanted to have we wanted to have it packed so that way, even if something had to drop off or we had complications, we would still be able to have a full show. So so far, how's the location feel like it's going to work out? For I you? think it's amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, Harkins has right. been great. They actually Which is awesome. they sent us a nice little photo of the the picture in their frame, and I was like, oh my god, it looks so amazing, and especially because. <laughs> Kim's face is all over yeah, it. So it's cool. like, what? This is so amazing. That's fantastic. So, yeah. So it, now the, it feels the, good. the breakfast meeting you mentioned on the Saturday, is that just for you guys who are all attached to the festival? Or is that uh, something that the public can get to? Actually, the public well? can get to that. It's a $25 cost because we're going to provide breakfast at that. Um, and that's actually at the La Quinta Inn, which is at uh, 101 in Shea. Okay. And uh, they have a, we're going to have a theater style set up, so it'll be really nice. But we'll have breakfast, and then we'll have the panel, and it'll be three hours. So it'll be like a final networking. I, I also work with the Laughlin International Film Festival, mm-hmm. and they always do a filmmaker breakfast and panel. And it, it just seems like a great way to end a festival where you can have people have that last minute before they leave town or before they get back to their regular life to have something where they can network and then just have really great speakers. And we've got Larissa Brewington, Tamara um, uh, McDaniels, and uh, Penelope Price, who are the other panelists. Okay, that sounds pretty exciting. Yeah, it is. So um, to get back to chronic behavior for a second, yes. what's the best way to, for people to reach your company? chronicbehavior.com it's that easy it's that easy i love I, i've always thought it's important to have the name.com and if you can't get that change the name of your company I yeah just, no i do that with bands i do that with movies i, like, I always tell people if you come up with an idea or a name of something go google or go to GoDaddy, find out if it's available if it is buy it and then you can always sell it yeah. i have so many domain names and i can go see the value of them mm-hmm. there i have domain yeah. names that are 500 dollars. i bought it for 10 dollars, yeah. you know yep. or less so, mm-hmm. yeah, I always do that. Well, awesome. Uh, anything else that we didn't touch on? I mean, we, I just, I've got on your back and rode you with a whip through all this stuff. <laughs> and I didn't even let you really. Uh, we could have talked for a lot longer about a lot of it. Yeah. So, um, uh, whew, I'm trying to think. I well, mean, let me ask you this. You, you mentioned, or I read, that uh, in your work, you're working on several different uh-huh. film festival systems and entertainment yes, platforms uh-huh. nationwide. What does that mean? Well, so my ultimate goal is having my own broadcast network. That's my ultimate goal. Ava.com? Well, I already Wouldn't have AvaLewis.com, so okay. hey. Um, but um, <laughs> but no, a broadcast network where I can produce quality content. So this idea... You're going to the next Amazon. You're going to be like an on-demand network. You're going yeah. that far. You're looking, I, I you said of, you like to look big. I yeah, like I think it. of Virgin Records and oh, that cool. guy, you know. Yeah, Branson, Richard. Yeah, you know, because, you know, awesome. I think that big. Good. So that's what I'm thinking. But Solus, I will say, March 28th, Solus... I'm working with them. Um, I was part of the marketing and promotion of that, but we have a big event coming. Uh, they're doing their premiere on the 28th. So that's really outside of AZ International Women's Day on March 10th. <laughs> That'll be my next event is that. So yeah, awesome. I've got stuff lined up for the rest of the year. <laughs> awesome. That's fantastic. Into 2019 already. So Well, then, you know, I'm really glad you took the time to come in and, and raced in here at the last <laughs> second, all things considered, to share all of this with me. I really, really appreciate well, it. Well, I appreciate you doing this and what you do for, you know, artists everywhere because it's, I, I only hear good things about what you do and what I've seen on the show or heard awesome. on the show. And awesome. like last week you had Paul, right? Yeah. Paul Gerber's yeah, yeah. You know so, Paul? He was great. Well, yeah. And great I, I, I know him because of Pranksters. Cause okay. he, yeah, he's he played play at Pranksters. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. And, in um, fact, I've played yeah. at Pranksters with my band. Yeah. I remember. And I, I'm, I should be plugging a show. We have a big show coming up. First yes, show in 18 months. You should months do that. Because on I'm, March 2nd. Next year? 
No. Or, you said 18 Four months? weeks away. Four it's weeks. It's been 18 months oh, since I played Oh, it's been 18 months. Oh, okay. And I was so, like, what are you saying? And so, it was like, <laughs> okay, it was like, next year, woo. That's fast. crazy. Yeah. And so that's, uh, I edited together a 90-second demo of my last album. Oh, nice. This is the whole record in 90 seconds. And we play all of these songs at the show. Oh, that's I've got amazing. a nine-piece band. Where are you playing? The Last Exit Live, which is 717 South Central Avenue in Phoenix mm-hmm. on March 2nd. It's a Friday night, okay, about four weeks away. Is. But opening the show is my dear friend, America's foremost speed painter. He <gasps> paints on a spinning canvas in the dark. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Marilyn Monroe or John Lennon or whoever, like in five minutes. And they're wow. incredible. So everybody wants to see Randall because it's going to be oh, awesome. They, wanna, they, they don't want to see you. They no, I mean, see I mean, everybody should okay. want to see Randall. Come on, see Randall. And then I'll play some music for okay, you for awesome. an hour. Okay, awesome. You know? But uh, at any rate, that's enough of a little shameless plug for the concert. But uh, everybody buy tickets for the festival at www. Filmfestival.com. So that's going to be easy. And the Harkins Theater is a great place to see it the is. shows. It is, yeah. Comfortable place. It is very good. So well, good luck with it. I think Thank it's going to be so fantastic. Much. And uh, we'll have to get a recap after you're all done. Yes. Maybe we get will. your partner in here for Maybe. That. I think we should. All right. Well, thanks again for coming in, and we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thank you, Take Otto. Care.